Oh yes It's that time again You know what time it is It's time for another episode of the 3 in 1 podcast Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio They call him Mr. Pivot Please give it up for international Ian Lamont Morgan From Cleveland to the world What's going on good people It is great to be back Oh yes it is Oh yes it is We're going to let the fans keep cheering Just a little bit longer Yes, more of me, more. <laughs> and here in the capital city, they call him the Black Julio Jones because he speaks the truth on the microphone. Give it up for your boy, Malcolm Morgan. Yes, yes. And it Were does. they louder for you? Uh, no, I could actually tell you, technically it is not because my finger has not changed okay. the volume at all. So the cheer should be exactly the same. I mean, I could give us all different cheering buttons, and, and uh, <laughs> depending on how you're feeling that day, you know. <laughs> how are we doing today, man? Amazing, amazing. Like uh, like Luca Doncic, man. I just feel like my competition is too small, and uh, I'm just out here bound bound for victory. You know what I'm saying? I am hard <laughs> up. Oh man, Woo! you gotta love the NBA playoffs, man. You gotta love the NBA playoffs. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Games. I mean, this weekend was great. Games every day, every minute of yes. of the day. Um, yes. I wish you know we could talk about this a little bit right now, but man, I wish I could have watched the Dallas and Laker game separately, but they're happening at the same Yo, time. Um, can we talk about this. I, I I know the NBA knows better. I know they know better. <laughs> And and mind you, Met Celtics, it, it would have, especially if Jalen Brown was healthy, sure, it, it would have been a good, but I don't know how quickly they can maneuver things. There's no way they could have told us. Everybody wants to see the Clippers lose. Yeah. They know that. Yeah. Um, that the game would have done great with ratings, but. They can't do any of those. They just can't do any of those West Coast games in the primetime slot during the week. Um, is that like a rule? Well, it's just because, you know, obviously when. It's three hours behind, right? And so if it's the games at 7 o'clock there, it's 4 o'clock. Or 7 o'clock for us, it's 4 o'clock for them. And those people aren't even off work yet to yeah. go to the games. Uh, I guess that does make sense. Um, but who cares about them? Listen, they have fun all year <laughs> long, you know? I mean, I don't feel sorry for them. I'm, l- listen, I'll, I'm an East Coast kid, born in New York, lived in Jersey, spent most of my life on the East Coast. And I never understood all the West Coast hype. Until I went to Los Angeles and to San Diego, and I was like, "Oh, this is why people don't leave here." Because, it's like that because the weather is just pleasant all of the time. It's just there's no there's no bad days weather wise. Um, it's overrated. And overrated. so I've had some of my most brilliant moments on murky, cloudy, overcast. Look, so. if I didn't even have to own the jacket, like don't even have to think about it, like leave the house, I don't have to think about what I'm putting on. You know how, how happy I would be all the time? I love my jacket and my coat. I love jackets. So. I love accessorizing. But <laughs> I can figure out some other things to do. I get some bracelets, some new socks, you all know, right. something else. <laughs> You're right. It's impossible to hate on the West Coast. What I'm saying is they could have put that L because I definitely wanted to see that game. Yeah, I did too. And I don't have League Pass yet. Uh, so if somebody wants to purchase League Pass for the 3-1 podcast, um, let us know. DM us on social media at 31 Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would love for somebody to bless us with some league pass. You might you might get a tax write off or, or not. I or not. Know. I I yeah. mean I don't I'm not going to jail for tax fraud. Um, yeah. 
or, or PEP or whatever it was fraud that everybody was doing <laughs> last year. <laughs> oh, you mean you won't do blatantly illegal things on air? Oh yeah, and talk about it on Twitter. Be like, just get an LLC <laughs> and do all of your spending for your business, and then write it off. That's oh, not man. illegal. <laughs> That's not legal. I wish everybody in entertainment <laughs> would think about some of the things they do on air. <laughs> Uh, DJ Vlad, everybody going on DJ Vlad. DJ Vlad's like, so when you when you shot those guys, it was with your left hand, right? Now it's my right hand, and I hit, like, I sprayed and hit like thirty people in the restaurant, and then I went back home, reloaded the clip, and went to the other restaurant and just emptied it out. Like <laughs> you are on camera right now. Yo, Vlad will have you dry snitching on yourself. I I, I want to know what he gives people that makes them say this stuff today. Oh my gosh, and then it's not like he's. He's so compelling in the way that he's interviewing. Uh-huh. Like he's just—he's just not like a basic, basic dude asking questions. But then they'd be like, "Yeah, I cheated on my wife last night <laughs> and the night before that." Well, the he's other like, what, what is happening? The other funny thing is that he's not in the room with them. I I, heard, I, I uh, saw an interview where someone was talking about it's like yeah, he's not even there. It's like a, a either like a um a, either a speaker or like a video where they could see him. Sometimes sometimes it's just him on the phone or something. He's not really in the room with them, so they're just wait, spilling wait, wait, their wait, guts. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. So this is just like it's, it's like talking to what's his name, Bosley. Yeah, right. Uh, from, from Charlie's Angels. <laughs> right. Oh my god. And they just, be, I'd be like, man, DJ Vlad needs to be a police investigator because he be getting these people to say everything, <laughs> everything. All right, guys. Sorry, no, that was not sports talk, but it was a fun conversation nonetheless. That's what you get on the Three One Podcast. Sports talk and then other day, random things as we feel. That's right. So That's we're gonna right. we're gonna talk about NBA action. Let's start in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> the two different feelings for their fan bases uh, for the two LA teams. We're gonna start with the Clippers who hosted uh, Dallas for two games and are leaving LA down two oh two to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I don't know if I expected this. I didn't expect. I, I have adjusted my expectations for the Clippers, right? Like after the last year, um, I've adjusted my expectations, but I still didn't expect this against this team. I know this was a, a series you were really looking forward to, um, even as we were coming to the end of the regular season. So what what are we seeing here from Dallas? What are they doing to the Clippers? Punking them. It's strange, but they are um, they are the aggressors. And mind you, this game was not completely out of hand. They didn't blow the Clippers out in this game. Uh, it was a close game. Uh, it was very competitive, highly contested. Kawhi was going off. PG showed up, did his thing. You know, this wasn't a playoff P situation. They just played better. Yeah. They just played better. Um, um, they they are better at all positions, while the Clippers are are super strong at two. Yeah, and um, and I think the lack of of a competent roster that really works together well is what has plagued them in this series. Um, mind you, they wanted this matchup. Yep, they aimed for this matchup. Yep, um, and now have to be and and yeah, denied it and everything like that. But you know, there's only so many ways you explain what happened at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm if I'm the Clippers, I'd much rather see Portland. Uh, than I will, you know, than I would Dallas. I, I expect if Dame is having a bad shooting night, he is not going to dynamically impact the game mm-hmm. in other ways like Luka Doncic can and is. 
Um, and he's not having off night, <laughs> so that makes it even worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're just they're they're getting outplayed. Uh, with you know, the Clippers have hung their hat on even before Kawhi and PG got there. Uh, the whole thing was that they are a scrappy team. But you look up, oh, there's no Montrez Harrell anymore. They didn't they didn't do all that they could to retain his services. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's no Lou Williams anymore. Somebody has a bright idea that let's trade away our scoring spark plug <laughs> off the bench that makes our second unit, you know, worth something. And now we're hanging our hat on Reggie Jackson. Um, this team is a they're uh, they're a mess of their own making because they they talent does not talent doesn't win ball games. Um, um, great team play does, and that is what they're lacking. And they can't blame Doc Rivers for it anymore. I know that much. Yeah, I'm waiting for the Doc Rivers. You know, Doc really just messed us up last year. Uh, we still <laughs> yeah, haven't recovered. Right. Uh, we just really, we're not, I don't it's know. like 45 do. talking about Obama. Right. <laughs> Every, even now t- to his wife, you know, Obama, honey, you know what I'm saying? I just can't, I can't, I can't do it. Malcolm, Malcolm, you know his wife's not there anymore. <laughs> I don't want to even dig it into that. We <laughs> yeah. are, we are free now. Give us us free. We good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so, they're so soft. This team is just so mentally soft. Um, you know, game one, you had the the big moment where where Luca just just completely bodies Patrick Beverly and then screams out, "You're too small." And and then in this game, even every time Luca gets Patrick Beverly, he's just bodying him all the way to the rim. Doesn't matter. Um, you know, first of all, this makes that Russell Westbrook uh, quote even more real uh, than it was before when he said, y'all think he playing defense and he just really running around out there. Um, <laughs> gives that whole new life. <laughs> um, but here's here's my here's the thing that has to be alarming for the Clippers. They got 41 points from Kawhi Leonard last night and it didn't matter. Nope. 41 points, 30 of them in the first half, and it did not matter. Usually, if your best player gives you 41, oh, we won that game. And they got 28 from PG. So you look at that, and you're like, oh, we won this game. Well, you didn't, because Reggie Jackson was the only other player in double figures with 15 points. No one else had more than nine. Um, I don't understand why you brought in Rajon Rondo, and he's not in the game, other than the fact that they don't like him, because he was yelling at Serge Ibaka for for some reason yesterday. Um, Serge, Serge Ibaka, who was their big offseason acquisition, only played six minutes. Now, he's got some injury issues. Um, I don't think he's 100%. I think that's a big reason why he wasn't playing. But that's a big problem for them because otherwise, other than Serge Ibaka, they don't have anybody that can even act like they're protecting the rim. Um, yep. Zubac is terrible. Doncic Don is just going to work on him every time he gets him. Um, their big acquisition from two years ago, Patrick Patterson, hasn't played. Luke Kennard, who they one of their big acquisitions from this offseason and who they just gave a big extension didn't play at all. DeMarcus Cousins, who they brought in, didn't play at all. And they're playing Terrence Mann 15 minutes in yeah. this game. Um, and, they and, had, and he was one of the better players. Right. <laughs> right. And so it, it brings up so many questions with how they built this roster. Um, they got rid of Lou Williams, obviously, to bring in Rondo. And then 
Rondo barely played in the fourth quarter. He's supposed to be the guy that's going to organize your offense, give you some intelligence on both ends of the court, going to be a, a leader. But I don't know if he's able to do that if they, A, don't respect him or just don't care about what he has to say. Um, and then I don't, you know, I haven't heard any details about what was going on with him and Ibaka. Ibaka was barely on the court. So why was Rondo yelling at Serge Ibaka? I don't know. But one thing we do know about Rondo, when things are going good, he's great for you. But when things are going bad, he's not going to help you. He's going to make it worse. <laughs> um, but at some point, they've got guys like Kawhi and PG have to look themselves in the mirror, mirror and say, all right, who's going to be the leader on this team? Because I have no idea who it is. It's not Patrick Beverly. Kawhi doesn't talk. Kawhi doesn't talk. PG only talks to his therapist. Um, Ty Lue, you know, this was a thing in Cleveland. Like, he would do some good things coaching-wise, and you would get excited about it. But then there'd be other times where you look at Ty Lue, and he just looks lost. He looks just, like, what what are we doing? And there's just some some questions I have about this rotation um, and how they built this team. And especially against a team like, like Dallas, who is confident right now. I believe they shot over 40, near 50% in both of these games um, against the Clippers. So they're shooting the ball well. Luka's doing what he does. You're getting um, healthy enough KP. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been lights out in this playoff series so far. And if you're going to get that from them yeah. on the road, you're going to have a really hard time in Dallas. When the crowd gets going, um, where they've got that energy, because ro- those those role players, those shooters, are going to shoot better in Dallas. And I think this series might be over already I agree I mean I, I think I'll give you know I'm thinking gentlemen sweet um honestly um but that would mean that these that same Clippers team would have to find a way to win in Dallas yeah and that's hard to see mm-hmm. that's hard to see and like you mentioned it should be noted Ty Lue was out coach yeah absolutely I, mean, I, I don't blame him for all of the issues I mean he can't he can't fix he can only coach the roster that he has yep but um, there were some moments where just, you know, lineup movements, um, uh, not being able to take advantage of the – or not being able to respond to the fact that they were taking advantage of, of Zubac because he he moves like Solomon Grundy. Like, he, <laughs> he, he cannot slide his feet. Yeah. Uh, so anytime they got him in those high-pick-and-roll situations, it's easy money. Yeah. And there was time after time after time kept taking him to the rack, um, and the hell defense was not there. And then, you know, end of the game, what did you keep seeing? Uh, the Mavericks were intentionally – they were hunting for, for for Pat Beverly. Yeah, They were hunting for those smaller guys to get Luka in those post positions. Once they realized they could not stop him down there, they finally started sending another man. And like you said, Tim Hardaway Jr. chose violence <laughs> this, this series. Um, and this, and it's, been, it's been money for them. So I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating that we'll see a lot more Luka doubles even though they, they did try to trap him off of picks and things like that, and it just it just was not working. Yeah. Um, but according to Ty Lue, there's no reason for concern because oh it's easy to go on the road and do those things. <laughs> it's hard to go back home and make shots. At, so at, I don't know. Too much weed. That's what it is. We, we're in L.A., and, you know, all the smoke is cool for a podcast, but it, it ain't great when you coach it. What have the – the Clippers accomplished that they deserve all of this benefit of the doubt. Like, I don't, I, we, you know, the, the, we did this with the Celtics. We did this with the, the last Kobe and Shaq Laker team. Like, okay. They'll figure it out. The Clippers haven't accomplished anything, but they keep telling us there's nothing to worry about. We're going to figure it out. How do we know that you're going to figure it out? 
you haven't proven it in any significant game or moment when you've needed to step up. You haven't. So why should we give you the benefit of the doubt? You should be worried because you haven't figured it out at home in the friendly confines of your part of Staples Center. And now you're about to go on the road down 0-2 to to a Luka Doncic who is not going to be intimidated by anybody that you throw at him. Hasn't been intimidated to this point in the series. You need to be worried, Paul George. You need to be worried, Tyron Lue. And I think the bigger thing is you need to play like it too. I mean, Tommy is 22. (laughs) And he is stunning your whole team. He has no fear whatsoever. And honestly, I came to a moment earlier today where I was thinking and I said, I hope they don't take him out. Yeah. I, I hope they don't, you know, and, and a lot of things. I mean, at this point, I invite you uh, to our 3 and one listeners, go back to last year. Understand, Dallas would have won that series. Yeah. If, if, if Chris Porzingis doesn't get, I think it was uh, maybe ejected in the second he got game. Hurt. And he got hurt. Didn't play. He, yeah, well, he, he didn't play in the he last got two. Injured too. Right, 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 right. Uh, but I think he got tossed in game two, which mm. they would have won. And then I think he got injured in game three and, and sat out the rest of whatever. But, I mean, we were looking at it and we were like, I don't know. I think Dallas might have won that. I think I can definitively say now mm. Dallas would have won that series. Mm. And, and you're right. Clippers haven't done anything. I don't know who's leading this team. Yeah. And I think that's part of Rondo's frustration. Because, uh, like you mentioned, in those times where, where Rondo goes somewhere and it doesn't work out, there's there's normally a little bit of flux. <laughs> there, there's not like an alpha. There's not somebody who's Atlanta, case in point. It, it's kind of a by committee thing going on. I think Trey's going to merge and maybe learn how to lead. But at this point, I think Rondo wants to go be in situations where the team knows what's going on. And I don't think L.A. is that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's that's a key ingredient for the the Rondo experience. You need veterans, people in the locker room that I don't want to say can control him, but that he knows who the who he knows who the guy is. It worked in Boston because yeah. you had Paul Pierce and KG and Ray Allen. And those three yeah. guys, if if you know, they're great players, but they're also good leaders. They're good personalities. Um, you know, you've seen it in the you've seen it with um Dennis Rotman, Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan. Okay. We can, yeah. we can do this. The Lakers, yeah. Um, Kobe and Shaq, bring in anybody, and we'll it will get them together. Um, yep. but they there's no one on that on this team with that personality. So Ray John is just is you know doing Ray John things and calling out plays, and they're looking at him like I don't know about all that. And I'm sure Kawhi's like I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. You do what you do. Um, and I, I know I know we've been on this series for a minute. I gotta ask you, what do you how do you feel about Ty Lue's? Being act, you know, um, what was he asked about? Not only, you know, is there any concern or anything like that, but, you know, any doubt, just things like that. His his response was, you got to go and ask those guys. <laughs> I hate it. I mean, I hate, I hate the response. <laughs> I mean, you got to, like, a good coach in that moment, you're, you're trying to pull as much pressure off of your players. Like, whether it's you taking the – taking the credit, whether you put the credit on the other team for how they played um, or, you know, whatever. But <laughs> when yeah, you just, yeah. when, they, when they point like asking, you just like, I don't know, talk to them. Um, that doesn't <laughs> sound like a team that's in sync. Um, and, and, yep. and whatever you feel about the Lakers um, or any LeBron James team, we don't have these issues with LeBron James teams. Um, they, they look united. They say the right things. They do the right things. Um but this team just doesn't, you know, after you're down 0-2 going to Dallas, you got PG talking about, oh, there ain't nothing to worry about. 
Okay. You're the only person that thinks that. Mm. And then the question, you know, the big question, Kawhi can opt out after this year. If you don't like the way things are going, he can bounce. And they don't have a draft pick till like 3,000. I don't even think they have one in um, this century. They've traded everything. Um, and they ain't cap And, yes, even without, if if they don't resign uh, Kawhi Leonard, they're still at $100 million. Um, So... Mm. This is this is do or die time for the Clippers. We're gonna see, we're gonna see in game two or game three, excuse me, in Dallas how they respond. And early on in that game, I think we'll be able to see which Clippers team we're gonna see. But if if Dallas punches them in the mouth again, I don't think it matters. I think it's over regardless. But um, yeah. Yeah. man, that's tough. How but, quick it's over is the only question left. Yeah. Well, let's talk about how the other Lakers, how the other LA team responded. The Lakers bounced back in Game Two against this. Um, I'm gonna say it, San Antonio Suns against the uh, <laughs> the Phoenix Suns. Um, you know, AD came out aggressive. LeBron did LeBron things, and you know the Lakers were able to get the victory, 109 to 102. It really wasn't that close. There was just, I, and I can't believe, I believe it was two or three straight possessions where Devin Booker was fouled shooting a three and I, it's just yeah y'all just had yeah. to make this kind of interesting at the end i guess even though it wasn't really that interesting but um it it padded uh devin booker stat line and and made the game seem closer than it was um here's here's some of the things i took away from this game we and we i think we talked about this and i've heard a lot of other people you know does andre german need to play they actually got andre good andre german minutes in this game 15 and 12, 24 and 24 minutes, um, really was a a beast on the boards all game long and then was able to finish. That's the big thing with, with, with Dre. He can get free. He can muscle his way to the rim, but he has some of the worst hands I've ever seen from a big man. He will just fumble the ball away or lose it on the way up or bring it down to yeah, his man. knees and everybody's just swiping at it. But this game, he was, he was aggressive when he got opportunities. But the big thing was that on the boards, he was really controlling those boards. And even on, he had one possession where he got three offensive boards in one possession just because nobody could box him out. Um, and that's what you need if he's going to be on the court. He's got to control that action. And then AD was aggressive. 21 free throw attempts are huge. And that shows how he was being aggressive, going into contact, getting to the free throw line. He's a great free throw shooter. And so when you're able to get people in foul trouble and then um, get those get those easy buckets and get going. Um, that makes a world difference for this Laker team. And then, you know, sometimes you need a good kick in the groin to get to get rolling a little bit. Um, is that what it is? <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, sorry, Jay Crowder. Uh, I, I have felt that. And Ooh. it is hard to come back from. Uh, but shout out to that man for recovering. But what else did you see from this, uh, from this Lakers-Suns game? Um, a lot of the same things. A lot of the same things. I, I don't think I saw a flawless performance from the Lakers, mm-hmm. but um, those moves that they made, like you said, uh, uh, Andre Drummond having time to get integrated with some of the part, some of the guys that he did. Um, you know, I, I think it's paying dividends now. Um, it's strange to say, you know, you're kind of glad that you know LeBron and AD were out for a while, but. Um, the fact that he has some time to gel and I think he's settled into what his place is on this team and grown comfortable into that. But like you said, the way he was crashing boards was just amazing. Yeah, he had a couple spin moves where he spun out of control and just lost the ball. But, you know, those are Andre Drummond things. But, uh, 
I think I think that seeing Dennis Schroeder really be aggressive, yeah. seeing AD really be aggressive, and uh, and I've been very I've been slow to criticize AD as much because uh, I personally feel like I'm still a little concerned about him having an Achilles strain or whatever they called it during the season, um, and I, I'm, I'm having flashbacks to KD in the playoffs um, a couple years ago. Uh, just to be honest, you know had the quote-unquote calf injury, and then we saw what happened in the finals. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to see that happen. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad to be in. But, I mean, he came out, he showed out. Energy, I think, is, is the main thing. And just capitalizing. Mm-hmm. This game really, I'm concerned that it was as close as it was. Yeah, Phoenix is a two-seed, but a lot of their success is predicated on Chris Paul being Chris Paul. And Chris Paul is Cliff Paul out there. Make no mistake <laughs> about it. If that. He He's Alfonso Ribeiro. Oh my gosh, that man is about maybe twenty-five to thirty percent of yeah. what he is, and I hate. I think that's my biggest takeaway. I understand. I want to be happy for the Lakers. I definitely root for him. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a LeBron guy. You know, I'm an NBA fan, but I am a LeBron guy. Um, but it pains me to see a series where I know Chris Paul would make a huge difference, mm-hmm. and I know that it would be one of the most entertaining series because of how competitive those guys are. And he just doesn't have it. Yeah, he doesn't have it. And um, and you know, I know they said something popped. The more I watch that clip, I feel like you can just see something go wrong with his shoulders. Um, uh, yeah, it looked like he got rolled over by a tire when you just kind of <laughs> look at the bruising and everything. But yeah, uh, well, I, I don't see. I don't think Devin Booker is ready to step up to this level. I think if this was a lesser squad that he was facing, maybe he could, you know, take it by the reins and lead him to victory. But Lakers just got too much. If Schroeder's gonna get going, and if Drummond is like you said, you know, playing his role and enjoying being the garbage man, mm-hmm. yeah, no way Phoenix makes it out of this series. Yeah, I mean, I think Schroeder's gonna get stronger as the playoffs go on. Um, Everybody, everybody expects you get COVID, come back. Well, what's wrong with him? Why, why can't he do what he used to do? He just had COVID nineteen, and that's not the flu. Yeah, it's not yeah. the common cold. It affects you differently. And so, I think yeah. we started to see the Schroeder uh, that we imagined seeing, and we saw earlier in the year. He was getting by Devin Booker pretty easily. Um, yeah. And and you know, without Chris Paul, this this Phoenix team looks a lot like that Phoenix team from last year, where Devin Booker's having to do all everything. And that's just not going to be tenable for them in the long term. And campaign is nice. He does campaign stuff. You'll get a campaign game every once in a while. But you can't rely on that every game. Uh, I think the big thing for this, if if Schroeder is starting to come around um, and they're heading home, they're getting ready to go home for these next couple games, they really haven't shot the ball well. Uh, They really didn't get anything from Kuzma, KCP, or Caruso offensively. I've actually been pretty impressed with Caruso and Kuzma defensively and even KCP chasing Devin Booker around. Um, But as as they get back to L.A., I think those guys are going to shoot better. We saw, you know, LeBron getting into KCP saying, shoot it, keep shooting, keep shooting. Um, And so I think this game would have been not close. It would have been a 15, 17-point game if they're hitting those shots. But they did not shoot the ball well at all. But the defense was just at another level all game long, especially in that fourth quarter where they basically shut the water off. They didn't they didn't score a field goal in the last four minutes. Um, Phoenix didn't score in the last four minutes other than free throws. 
Um, and if you had taken away those fouls in the end of the game, this would have been a double digit uh, victory for the for the Lakers. And then I loved I actually really liked Paul Gasol's minutes um, taking Harrell out of the rotation. He hit a couple threes for them, which were which are really big for them, especially on a night when they're not shooting well. Um, and so I like that rotation of, of going between Drummond and, and Gasol as long as Drummond is going to be committed, like you said, to being the garbage man. Um, he fouls a lot. You just got to live with that. But if he's making up for it on the boards, getting those putback finishes, finishing around the rim, mm-hmm. not turning the ball over. I remember game one, he got a post up. Um, I can't remember if it was, I think it was on Sarich. Got an easy, got that little jump hook, and you're like, okay, all right, Drummond. Next time he calls for the post up because he's feeling good, fumbles it away, comes out of the game. I don't think, I don't even think he came back in. They pulled him out immediately. <laughs> and that's the stuff you don't, you, you almost don't want him playing well because then he starts thinking, oh, I could start doing some of that Cleveland, Detroit stuff again. And you're like, nah, bro, we can't really. Can't really let you do that right now. <laughs> there's, there's Andre Drummond, and then he starts feeling good. He's the Andre Drummond. <laughs> He's like, like you know what? I'm, I'm dominant in the paint. Let me. I like this matchup. Nope. Uh, go ahead, Trez. Get in there for him. We ain't gonna let that happen. Um. So yeah, I, I feel really good about the Lakers coming back home. LeBron, I think, is going to get healthier as time goes on. I, I was surprised he got up as high as he did on that alley oop in the first quarter. Um, that was that was a vintage LeBron getting up there. So it's it's there. I think he's going to come around. And we saw the the shooting touch was there, uh, especially when LeBron's got that mid range going. When he get that turnaround jumper, um, oh, that's when you know he's feeling good. Because otherwise, he's yeah. just trying to get to the bucket, or he's just going to hang out on the perimeter. But um, I think the Lakers turned a corner in this game, and I think especially going home. Here's my here's my question as well about LA in general. That that Warriors Lakers game, there were it seemed like there were quite a few fans, and like they were loud. And then I'm watching the Clippers Dallas game, and I'm seeing cardboard cutouts everywhere, and a few little fans. And I'm like, could the Clippers not sell tickets? What happened? It's the same arena in the same city. Why didn't the Clippers have fans at the game? Yeah, I mean, the Clippers don't clip. <laughs> it's still just, it's still just, just the Clippers. <laughs> so I think you're absolutely right. Like, so, you know, they want to see that. They don't want to see that. I mean, it's, they know what it is. <laughs> they know, and it's sad, but Clippers, the Clippers are the Clippers, man. Man, even now, they're still the Clippers. Even now, that's wild, man. They need Zeke McCall. Uh, oh man, Zeke McC- You know what? We need to do a podcast about sports movies. It's- <laughs> Let's do it and put together our all our all uh, movie first team. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had gotten to see Zeke. You know, I mean, we we saw Q do the the minimum moves. And by the way, he was and carrying. He he did so little hooping. He did do a lot of carrying. Two of the okay guys are getting a little bit of this this show before we do it. The uh, him and uh, Sydney Sydney Dean, I think his name from um, from White Man Can't Jump, did some of the most carrying I've ever seen in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Man. And then the, yeah, even the even the dunk, 
Oh my gosh. Know, when he blew when he blew up ACL, <laughs> it's like where he went up with like both two, hands, held on the room, yeah. came down on both legs, and then blew out his feet. <laughs> 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 oh, he was just a ticking time bomb. That's it. That knee was just a ticking time bomb. Yeah, I don't think it was I think it was meant to be, bro. Yeah, we definitely need that love and basketball prequel with Zeke McCall. See what see what his game was like. Um Zeke McCall played by Winston Duke. I don't know who it would be. Oh, my God. <laughs> if somebody in Hollywood is not pitching that right now, oh my get on it. You got to call us. I don't think who? you can call it loving basketball, though. You got to call it something else. I don't know what. Who's young Alfred Woodard? That's a good question. We should explore this on a okay. different podcast. There's other things to talk about. Um, real quick, Portland-Denver. A little surprised Portland got the split. Um, winning game mm-hmm. one, Denver came back and won game two behind a really strong performance by Jokic. Um, what does Portland need to do to 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 pull the upset here? Uh, hope Dame can hit seven of those logo threes <laughs> every game. Uh, it's uh, it's we, within the realm of possibility. I mean, I don't I don't know what what more you want from them than forty two and ten. Yeah, um, and for them to be have, I mean, they were hilariously outdone in that game and. Um, yeah, um, I you you need you need everybody playing well. Uh, so Melo can't have five points, mm-hmm. you know. Um, um, Nolan Powell was pretty solid. CJ was pretty solid, but you need you know Nurkic. He can't he can't fall out. Yeah. So you need to come up with some schemes so that he's not always having to deal with, um, uh, uh with with Nur- with Jokic. But I don't know what else they can do. Yeah. Honestly, I think. It's amazing, even without Jamal Murray, Denver's too well a constructed thing. Can we talk about night and day as we're talking about the Clippers and now we're talking about the Nuggets? You look at a team that where one of your primary ball handlers, your starting point guard, goes out, and you can pull up uh, 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 Feliciano Compazzo <laughs> or Facundo Compazzo, like, Come on, man. Even even Coach um, uh, Coach Malone says, like, if you just told me a month, a couple months ago, that I would be starting Compazzo, like, I'd, I'd have laughed at you. Uh, I'm, but I'm laughing at you now. In fact, if you're starting Compazzo, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, look look at what they're able to do, man. Yeah, uh, Portland, Portland, they they play defense like Dallas, um, but. As, as dangerous of a scorer Dame is, he does not. Ooh, he doesn't have the impact on the game like Adonis does. And it's odd because you have a scorer like TJ there beside you. But I don't know what it is about the Blazers that does not work. I feel like I need an autopsy and and all types of stuff. But um, unless Dame can put up really, unless he's going for forty every night and he's getting balanced scoring. Uh, uh, Portland really has to embrace. We need five or six guys in double figures. Um, and, and again, Nurkic has to stay on the court. But uh, but again, I don't think it'll really matter in the end. You are play, painting a very bleak picture of a series that's tied one-one going to Portland. Uh, I have no confidence in the Portland Trailblazers. Here's over. Here's what I will say. Portland has a shot because their guards are not just better than the Denver Nuggets. They are way better than the Denver Nuggets. Um, mm-hmm. They probably, the <laughs> the Blazers may have the top five guards in this series. <laughs> um, between, 
<laughs> between <laughs> Anthony Simons, um, CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, and then if you want to count uh, Norm Powell as Norm a guard, um, they might have the, the top four guards in this series, and that's a problem for um, for Denver because Campazzo cannot guard Dam- Damian Lillard, nor can he guard anybody else. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the key for them, game one, they shot extremely well as a team. Um, Nurkic gave them double figures. Powell gave them du- double figures. Lillard, McCollum, Anthony all gave them double figures. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of the best case scenario for them shooting-wise. Yeah. And then this game, we kind of saw, game two, we saw kind of regression back to more what they've looked like most of the year, which is Dame going off, Nurkic not fully there. Anthony not fully there all the way, only had five points. And then McCullough give you 21, which is nice, but you'd like to see a little bit more balance across the board and them shoot a little bit better. And they actually shot 48% from three overall, nine of 16 from Lillard, who was once again just dynamite from three. So they've got a shot, especially going back to Portland. Um, And I think the key is going to be those guards. Can they not just win that matchup, but dominate that matchup? And so far they have been. But I really between that and the other key is Nurkic. If if Nurkic is able to to give them double figures, um, scoring wise, then this team is in a really good position to balance out what um, the Nuggets are missing without Jamal Murray there. Because that guard rotation with Campazzo, with Monty Morris, who's still on a, a minute restriction, um, coming back from an injury, you're playing Austin Rivers, who was basically out of the league after he got um, cut during the year, and then Marcus Howard. Rookie from uh, Marquette who's playing and Shaq Harrison who exactly um, so <laughs> they, they have a really good opportunity to dominate that matchup. Um, Aaron Gordon has looked okay, not great. Um, Michael Porter Jr. had a rough first game, bounced back a little bit in this game, and they're going back on the road in Portland. So I think they've got a shot, but I've, it, it's going to take Dame being Dame and CJ supporting that norm powell and even anthony simons who had a great game one not so good in game two if they dominate that matchup and they're getting what they need from Nurkic, they've got a really good shot against this team i would love to here here's why i don't believe in 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 the blazers is because i can bank on dane going for 30 35 consistently I can bank on CJ giving me 20 to 25 consistently. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing consistent about anybody else. Mm. I would have thought that Jokic would have had a million assists because the Nuggets basically had seven guys in, in double figures. Even in game one, the game that they lost, they almost had five, six guys in double figures. Mm-hmm. Um, Jokic had one assist in game one. He had five assists in game two. So it's not him doing all of the facilitating. These guys are just stepping into their roles and they're doing their job and they're doing it effectively. I think you're going to keep on seeing more of the same. I think this is a, a, another situation where, you know, uh, um, guys in practice, guys behind the scenes are challenging one another. They are hungry for it. And for some reason or another, Portland just they they've never struck me as guys who are willing and ready to go all out uh, for the victory. Um, they just they they play with a complacency that I don't see from the mm. from the Denver Nuggets. I mean that's the big thing with the Blazers is just consistency. They've got the talent. It's just always been about consistency with them, whether it's injuries 
or just inconsistent play overall. And I, you know, I, I don't agree with that. I mean, I don't disagree with that uh, criticism of the Blazers, but we saw them. We've seen the Blazers do this before um, that series against Dwight Howard or James Harden in the, in the uh, Western semis, I believe it was um, where Dame just took over that series, even though they were not as good as that, that uh, Rockets team was. Um, and so I, I think there's a window. It's 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 a tight window, and they've got to take advantage of it. And Dame, as we've talked this season, he has to be superhuman for this team to be good. Luckily for them, Dame Lillard is a superhuman most of the time. <laughs> uh, so it's just it's to me, you know what you're gonna like. You said you're gonna get, you know what you're gonna get from him. But I think Nurkic is the big key for them. If he's giving them double doubles, if he's able to give them a little bit more defensively and stay on the court. This team looks and feels different when he's more involved with the team. And then Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench, um, you know, that first night he looked, he was a little, he was pretty charged up playing in Denver. They were, were they booing him? Like, I don't, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's bizarre. Um, oh, yeah. Have we had the um, Carmelo Anthony Denver tribute yet? Has that happened yet? No, you know what? I don't know if there was a video and then the booze or there was no video at all and just booze. But. Here's my question, tribute video question. Do we get the Kyrie tribute video during the playoffs? And is it just the video? Of, yeah, or is it just, are they going to play the video of him saying he'll, he's going to resign and then they just boo him mercilessly? <laughs> I would prefer option B. But I think Boston will probably go for the first, or just do nothing. I think I they're going to do nothing. They're absolutely going to do, especially he, after what he he wasn't there. He wasn't there long. Enough. He didn't accomplish anything there. First of all, that does not matter. They gave Dwight Howard a a, a tribute video in Atlanta, and he was there for I don't even, I don't even know if he was there for a whole season. <laughs> I don't know why I don't remember that. <laughs> are you are you sure it was Atlanta? Yes. <laughs> you said what? Uh, are you sure it was Atlanta? Maybe yes, because that was the joke. It was the joke that really we're doing the the Dwight Howard tribute video right now. Oh, because you remember there was an era there a couple years ago. It was before the season before COVID. It just seemed like everybody was getting a tribute video, no matter how yeah. long they had been in a place. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> oh, Deion Smith in L.A. Right, like <laughs> Deion Waiters <laughs> tribute video. He's yeah. at the game. I'm gonna do the tribute video for Deion Waiters. <laughs> A lot of him yeah, waving man. the towel in in uh, in civilian clothes. You really got the Blazers making the series interesting. I, I'm, I think so. I'm trying to get over that. Okay, I think I think they can. I think they, their their shooting is good enough to get them, and they're going home. They're tied one one. I mean, if it goes six, I would be impressed. I would be very impressed with that. Yeah, I mean, I, Denver should still win the series. Period. End of sentence. But I think. Portland, I can see the window for them uh, taking advantage of their of their guard situation. Uh, yeah, I disagree. I, I don't think Denver should win the series. Oh, I really? Think they end up with a, I think they end up with the three seed and Jamal Murray's there, and Jamal Murray's not there. That's to change the dynamics of the team. It should have more of an impact, but I don't think it will. I, I don't think that Portland is equipped to capitalize, yeah. and that's the problem for me. Is that you just, if you don't have dog enough in you to understand when there's a wounded, you know, wounded shark in the water, you know, I, I don't know what else. I don't know what's going to do it for you. I think this is one of their best opportunities to advance in the next round, and I don't think they'll do it. Interesting. Hmm. We spent entirely too much time talking about this series. 
Um, and we're going to spend less time talking about this next series. I'm just going to ask you a simple question. Do the Heat win a game against the Bucks? Absolutely. You do. You still believe? I think it's going six. The Heat and the Bucks, the Miami Heat. Let me. Maybe I'm I not. They, and the Milwaukee Bucks of the I NBA. Do. I think they will. All right, no, not really. I think I, I do think they win one game, but no, I think Bucks and five. The Heat look and bad. I'll be surprised. They look awful. They look, they look the, awful. the offense is ter- is terrifically awful. Um, I don't even know if that's even a phrase that we should be using, but it's terrifically awful. Like if, if yeah, <laughs> I'm shocked by how bad the Heat look right now. Um, and they had a chance to steal Game One. They shot 40 percent from three in Game One, and the Bucks shot 14 percent from three, and they still couldn't steal it. That's how bad their offense was. Jimmy Butler is not hitting. Anything layups, mid range, three pointers, nothing. Tyler Hero has gotten monstart since last year's playoffs. Um, and Bryn Forbes looked like JJ Redick in game two. Yeah, he did. Yeah, if that's happening, you have no chance. Just absolutely, <laughs> you have man. no chance at all. Um, but no, they're they're just they're a shell of themselves. I don't. I, I don't I don't know how to explain it. I really don't. Um, Giannis did not get that much better, but maybe <laughs> the Bucks did. I think the, uh, I think, I think the know, Bucks maybe. are better. I definitely think the Bucks are better. Yeah. But I also think Miami shot extremely well in that series last year. They made Jay Crowder look like JJ Redick. If we're, we're going to keep using that comparison. Um, Duncan Robinson was amazing. Tyler Hero was amazing. And yeah. you, you don't have Drake, Jay Crowder. Um, who's not that good of a shooter in real life anyway. Um, and then Tyler Hero is a shell of what he was last year. And Duncan Robinson is actually shooting and playing pretty well. But other than that, there's nobody else hitting perimeter shots. Um, yep. Dragic has played pretty well, but Jimmy is just, he's not shooting. The, he was 422 in game two. I mean, other than that, the absolute blow by in game one that forced overtime. And I was like, oh my gosh, if Miami steals this game, um, what has to be going through the Bucks' mind? But the Bucks righted the ship. You know, Milton hit the big shot, but um, Jimmy just—it doesn't look right in this series, and I don't know what to make of that. Bam is all right offensively. They—they're just missing something, and I'm not sure what it is, other than they need to make baskets. That sounds like the easiest thing in basketball, but they're just there's the offense looks clunky. They're not getting good shots, and when they do get shots, they're not hitting them. And part of that is the Bucks' defense, but part of that is just they're not as good shooting this year as they were last year. I personally think replacing Eric Bledsoe with Drew Holiday makes that much of a difference. I know there's other factors, other things that have helped, but oh my gosh, that's yeah. I mean, I you. You can say that's obvious, and that's why they gave him all that money. But this is this is a great testament. Like, yeah, this is why we made this deal. We won the trade now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you won the trade by just saying Drew Holiday and Eric Bledsoe because um, yeah. they're got good God. I mean, you don't have to. You don't. Best, you don't have to guard Eric Bledsoe at all ever for any reason. <laughs> <laughs> outside of standing under the rim. It's just like, why even try? Um, why even waste the effort? 
Um, so that changes the whole metrics of the team. And then, you know, Bryn Forbes, first of all, if you can't play Bryn Forbes off the floor as the Miami Heat, there's something wrong with you. Because Bryn Forbes is a six foot two guard. Yeah. He, he shouldn't be able to be on the court. And then he shouldn't be able to hit six threes. Like, I'm not a big component proponent of people getting violent. But if Bryn Forbes hits two threes, he's getting a hard foul because I just can't let this happen. As a guy who was a shooter playing pickup games or even in organized games, I hit three shots and all of a sudden the defense changes. Like people are putting hands on me. (laughs) Even in pickup games, somebody's pulling up their shorts and saying, I'm shutting the light. And so I just don't understand how that's the only thing he does. Like make an adjustment. Michigan State DNA, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's something about that. That's part. That's part. Yeah, honestly, this, this series doesn't make sense. You said it at the top. Like I, I, we don't know what what more there is to say. It was one of the more highly anticipated series. And God, it's a dud. It's a it's a dud. It's a dud. So I, you know, I think it's going to be a sweep. The, the Miami looks that bad to me. I think, but the Bucks sweep and get to relax a little bit. Uh, before round two and if we get the round two matchup i'm really looking forward to seeing the nets play against a real basketball team instead of the shell of the boston celtics first of all i don't want to talk about this the the celtics net series but there's one possession in particular which just completely encapsulated the way this series is going it was game one tristan thompson backs down backs down kevin durant kevin durant is standing under the rim that's how deep Tristan Thompson is in the paint. He gets it, goes up for what should be an easy dunk, and KD blocks it to half court. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's the series right there. He, he he did exactly what he was supposed to do, and it did not matter. <laughs> it absolutely did not matter. If there was. If there was a given in these NBA playoffs, it's that this Brooklyn Boston series would go to win. Yeah. Well, so the only thing that's going to make it interesting is going back to Boston and seeing how they react to Kyrie, especially yeah. after what he said in the postgame news conference. Which, by the way, why would you even say anything? You're up 2 0. What was it exactly that he said? I saw it. I don't even know what the question was, but he said, You're going back to Boston. I just hope they don't say anything, uh, anything racist. Racist. Yeah. Right. Even, you know, and they're like, so the guys are like, kind of, they're like, so are you saying that's happened before? And then he just kind of goes, oh, I don't know. I'm not the first person to notice it, but I don't know. You said it. (laughs) And nobody was asking about it. (laughs) I'm so glad that in the midst of everything, Kyrie is, he's still Kyrie. He's going to give you that great Kyrie content. He's going to be mad at us for writing about it, by the way. He's going to be so old guy. Everybody's taking everything I'm saying out of context. Here's what I want. I want the governor of Boston to lift whatever restrictions they are, and they just pack that stadium full of people, and I want them to pan through the <laughs> the fans, and all you see is just blurred out signs because they're just going hard at <laughs> Kyrie. <laughs> oh, God. Like uh, we can't show any of these signs on television, so <laughs> we do. We do have one major piece of news from the series with his two left-handed dunks. In oh game my two. gosh! 
Blake Griffin is now plus 17 dunk. I'm not doing this. Since he was traded from the Detroit Pistons. First of all, Malcolm, you, what do you have to say about all, your prediction that he would not he would not dunk the ball more than 10 times? First of all, <laughs> First of all, I, I said this when it happened when we were talking about this. The Detroit Pistons need to do a full on investigation as to why Blake Griffin decided that he did that he was not good at basketball anymore. And then in Brooklyn, found the Fountain of Youth. Talk about that. Second of all, he should lose dunk points because about half of those he falls down afterwards. Um, and he should also lose dunk points for the crossover that he <laughs> endured from. Uh, I think it was Kemba Walker, where he completely fell down like an old man. Um, I thought he blew a tire. <laughs> it looked it looked terrible. Yeah, yeah. If you just fall down, that's one thing. But when you tumble down backwards and it's like you move feet, it's just all bad. Um, but yes, I think you know I'm happy for Blake that he is healthy enough to dunk a basketball at six foot nine. Um, no, don't do that. And, don't do this. And I also think he should lose dunk points because he keeps falling down every single time. Oh, uh, what a dunk! As, as they're picking him up off the ground because he he did a simple one handed, wide open dunk. I mean, if he stopped dunking on people, he you know he, he wouldn't fall. Blake, <laughs> I never I never doubted you. I've been sending Malcolm oh every gosh. video of you dunking every single time. Every single time he absolutely does, and it and it irks me every single time. <laughs> but if they're going to investigate you, uh, do whatever they are doing. Please, so please, we need a full on investigation um, into this Detroit. Get some, get some compensatory picks or something out of this deal. Um, <laughs> that's the other reason I'm upset about Detroit. We gave you away. We didn't even get like picks for you. Because nope. nobody wanted you at your, con- you know. Anyway, I'm not. I don't want to relitigate this. Blake Griffin, congratulations! You can dunk a six nine. Congratulations, happy for you. Former Duck champion dunks. We're really excited about that for you. Weak. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, he's starting to feel like like you remember Mark Huffles was in Philadelphia, and if he would do anything, the crowd would be excited. Like yeah. when he get the ball, he's dribbling. Everybody's like, "Oh!" He's like he's just yeah. he's just running a pick and roll, like basic basketball stuff. Um, and or now, he gets a free throw. Now we're like, "Oh, Blake Griffin dunks! Oh my God, he's back!" And, oh, Jesus, um, I can't wait to see the next place Blake goes to after this year, and they realize, "Oh, Blake Griffin was playing with three of the best players in the world. He can't do this on a regular team." Um. So much Blake hate. So much. Yeah. It's really hated you for all of this. And okay. I'm, a, <laughs> okay. I'm a little more disappointed that you didn't spend any time talking about how great Ray John Rondo was. But we'll leave that for another podcast. Uh, um, I'm upset with the Clippers and how they're mismanaging right now. So <laughs> okay. for the sake of content that is family friendly, I'm not speaking on this. Uh, we were going to talk about NBA awards, but I I don't think either one of these is a surprise. Shout out to Julius Randle, most improved player, Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year recipient. Yeah. Um, more fun how they got those trophies. I don't, did you see how they how they uh, gave those out? I did not. So Jordan Clarkson was on Inside the NBA, the pregame show, um, mm-hmm. and was on there with Joe Ingles. And they're just sitting there talking about you know the, the series so far, adjustments they're going to make, whatever, whatever. And they start talking about six man of the year award. So they asked Joe who he thinks is going to win. They asked 
Jordan, who do you think is going to win the Sixth Man of the Year award? And Joe Ingles walks off the screen. He's like, "Oh, I think you know so and so to get." And he and Joe Ingles walks in with the trophy to give to Jordan Clarkson. He's like looking at. It. He doesn't know what's happening. He's like, "Oh, did Joe win?" And he's like, "Nah, bro, you won." And he had on like a Jordan Clarkson Six Man of the Year shirt or whatever. And Jordan Clarkson was completely shocked. Um, oh wow, that's dope. Great live TV moment. And then um, Julius Randle, they announced it in practice, and his son walked out with the trophy and gave it to him um, at the end of their practice. Good stuff. Um, so you know we don't get the either big one of them cried. I don't think either one of them cried on yeah, uh, oh, okay. Julius right. might have, but I don't. I still think he did. Um, gotcha. And mind you, this is a Tom Thibodeau practice, so they were probably doing full five on five for forty eight minutes. Yeah. They're probably exhausted. <laughs> I with his eyebrows. He got a rake out of the ward. Tom Thibodeau uh, calling <laughs> intentional fouls at the end of practice. Stop yeah. the clock. <laughs> Um, so shout out to those guys for those awards. I don't think either one of those is a surprise. Uh, we talked about Julius Randle deserving that and Jordan Clarkson had a, a incredible year. Um, former Cav, Cavs forever. Uh, Jordan Clarkson. Third. Um, real quick, let's talk about the NBA draft lottery. They had some tiebreakers they had to figure out. And so the, the, the odds are finalized. Houston will have the most, um, in the number one spot, Detroit two, Orlando three, OKC four, your Cleveland Cavaliers at five, Minnesota at six. I don't even want to go through the rest of this list. Um, real quick, Ian, your Cavaliers, what player or what type of player would you like to see the Cavaliers get? Um, maybe they'll get some lottery luck, but who would you like to see there for the Cavs? Uh, I would like to see them get a guard, uh, somebody who's <laughs> fast, somebody who... Um, who's not only fast, but, you know, they can score buckets. They don't necessarily have to be high on basketball. Like oh, wait, you're you serious. just want to be able to – no. I'm oh, not. I was you like have... – I thought I was waiting for the laugh, and it didn't happen. I was like, wait, are you serious right No, we already have one of those guys. Um, I think <laughs> – I think uh, at this point, you know, if we're looking to build on uh, where I think we need depth the most, it would be a uh, – it's tough, man, because there's there's the philosophy that we do need somebody who's a two point that can really you know uh, spearhead the offense. Yeah, Garland has sold some flashes, but we know how Sexton is not it. <laughs> um, but then the other the other theory is um, if Jared Allen is going to be around for a while, uh, you let him be the defensive anchor, um, and then you move on to uh, trying to draft a guy who's a more traditional wing. Uh, somebody that is maybe six seven six eight. Let a coral take that small forward um, slash guard hybrid position mm-hmm. because you know he kind of switches, but then also um, uh, get a guy that that is, is going to be you know uh, somebody you can run the offense through and uh, that can actually perform in the post things like that. So I, I would say, of course, ideally you say you know LeBron James, Tracy McGrady type of mold. That'd be great. I think everybody yeah, would love yeah, LeBron James. It would be Brady. amazing if we went for something <laughs> like that. Um, but uh, in terms of prospects, it's, it's tough because, you know, if you get the number one pick and everything, Kay, Kay Cunningham is sitting right there. And, you know, who wouldn't who would want a guy like that? But um, I think there's some other needs that they have um, that they can fill at, at that position. Um and so yeah, I, I I'm not saying pass up Kate Cunningham. Let me be clear. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, 
Because somebody just held their breath. No, 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 no. So that, ideally, that would be amazing. But yeah, small forward or or two point. And I know I know it seems like there's a log jam at the guard position, but I don't think we've really found the fit. Um, you guys have stuff, Matthew Delvadova on the team, so I don't think you guys need a true point guard. You guys got him right there. Um, now that you remind me of that, um, thank you. I, I would. <laughs> I will say I like. I do like Jalen Johnson. You like? You like I, who? I was trying not to put a Jalen Johnson. Okay. Um, I, I was trying not to put a name to it, but um, you know, an explosive guy. You know, somebody that's that's got some good strength and plays with physicality. So, you know, who I, the guy I really like for you guys is Jonathan Kaminga. Um, played for um, mm. G League elite team um, this year. Skipped college to do that. Um, he's a six foot eight wing who can also play some four, can score, um, showed some inside outside ability. I think you guys need kind of that hybrid three four um, that can help you kind of on both ends of the court. And then I think that that's where you can kind of maximize Jared Allen at the five. Um, I mean, Kevin Love is a great partner for that as well, but he's thirty two years old and. Something tells me he doesn't want to be in Cleveland anymore. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know why you would think that. I don't know why either. <laughs> um, so I think I think that's a, a great place for you guys. And you know, there's you know always the potential you guys move up. Maybe a, if if you guys can get up and get a guy like Jalen Suggs, break up Sexland right now. Um, <laughs> break up that backcourt immediately if you can get Jalen Suggs. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's a good position. I think the 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 big important storyline of this is some of these other picks. Where could they go? Minnesota is at six, and their pick goes to Golden State if it's outside of the top three. High probability that happens um, because Minnesota was just not bad enough to be number six, um, and so Golden State could have another high pick in this draft, which they could use once again to draft somebody that can help them or. Uh, trade for a big name guy and then Chicago at number eight this this deal didn't make sense to me when it happened but their pick is only top four protected to Orlando um, and they're currently with the eighth uh, best odds in the lottery so Orlando could have a top three pick and another pick in the top 10 potentially um, in this draft and as they're starting to rebuild they could be in a really good position to get a couple really good young guys or even maybe even be in a position to move up in the draft um, with a couple picks, one of these teams that doesn't need it, um, and you know, a weird thing that's probably not going to happen. OKC, OKC could swap Miami's first round pick with Houston's first round pick if it falls outside of the top four. Um, that's what I was just wondering. That, that that Houston. Yes. Wow. So that could happen. It's not likely. Um, I don't know what the odds are that they'd be outside the top four, but it's very slim. Um, who do you want to get the number one pick? Who do I? I want Houston. Houston or Detroit needs help <laughs> really bad. Um, I think Cade yeah. Cunningham is the is the steal of this draft. I mean, not the steal, but is the is the number one prospect pretty clearly in this draft. Um, although Houston, I think Evan Mobley may be the best basketball fit for them um, because of how bad their bigs are. Um, Evan Mobley kind of fits that modern mold, but I would love to see Cade Cunningham end up in Detroit or Houston. Uh, where they really could use an A1 playmaker, especially at that wing position. Uh, I think I want to see – yeah. I would say Oklahoma City. I trust them to draft a great yeah. pick. I don't trust them to manage a great team afterwards. Yeah. Well, look, and, if that team with Cade Cunningham, if they were able to get the number one pick, and let, the world would explode if they got the number one pick after all yeah. of the – 
draft picks they have and all the maneuvers they've made. If they had Cade Cunningham to Shea Gilders Alexander and Lou Dort, I mean, good God. That's yeah. that's that's luck almost of the drafting Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. You know, obviously they've got a ways to go, but that's a great <laughs> big three to be able to build around uh moving forward. Yep. Um I agree. But draft lottery will be decided June twenty second. We got some time um before that happens. And then we'll see all of the craziness as the Golden State Warriors get um a lottery pick and the, the, the number one pick. And the Toronto the, the Toronto Raptors get the number one pick. Um and just <laughs> just run it back. <laughs> oh man. Um You think here's the thing, do you think uh Dan Gabriel pulls out his son again to uh see if they can get the number one pick this year? Um, probably. <laughs> I think he does everything he possibly can, but I don't know. I, I want I want the Cavs to do well, but I can tell you who will not be sitting on that stage with a hundred percent certainty. Kevin Love will not be the one sitting. I don't know. <laughs> I think you you give Kev some good uh some good publicity. I don't think Kev wants to be there. Okay. If they He's win, he if if they win, he may just knock the the little card out of the commissioner's hand and just <laughs> and just walk off the stage and have him take the picture. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kevin. You're too rich for all of that. <laughs> all right, real quick, NFL news. Aaron Rodgers. Guys, I don't know if you heard about this, but Aaron Rodgers wants to get wants to get traded. Um, and he's taking his PR campaign to the next level as we get closer to Jimmy Butler level. Um, went on ESPN Sports Center with Kenny Mayne on Kenny Mayne's last show. Um, and basically told him it's about culture and about doing things the right way. So real quick, about the people, it's about the people. And by people, we mean two people. <laughs> and right. they're in the front office. And one of them, we can never say his name right. So we're not even going to try. Um, so does this put more pressure on the Packers to get a deal done to get him out of Green Bay? Uh, it would if the Packers were not the Packers. I still don't think that they're going to budge on it. Um at this point, I really do think that Aaron being the guy he is um, and the fact that he's, he's already being cast in a negative light in Green Bay. Um, I heard somebody talking about it. They said they were doing a radio um, poll, and overwhelmingly people believe that this is Aaron's fault, which is amazing to me. But, you know, fans, um, that and the fact that, remember, some of his teammates restructured their deals so that they could run this back. I think ultimately the pressure that's going to end up getting applied is on Aaron because of people. I think he values those relationships so much that uh, he'll end up caving at some point. I just I don't think he's going to show up. I think he's just going to go home. and You think he'll sit out? Yeah, I think he'll sit out instead of play. He doesn't want to be there. He's not going to be there. Mm. If if they're not going to trade him, he's not going to show up. And I think he's doing all of the things that people do right before they get traded. Um, okay. we, we saw, you remember James Harden went in the post-game press conference and said, yeah, we're not good. We're not good. <laughs> None of these guys, we're not good enough. None of us. None of them are good. And then he got traded like two days later. Um, Jimmy Butler, you know, hmm. went off in practice on camera, told everybody <laughs> that they're trash and soft. <laughs> And then he got traded. Um, so it's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, he's not going to show up. He doesn't want to be there. So True. 
Um, other news, Julio Jones also had a phone call with Shannon Sharp that I'm not sure if he knew was being recorded where he told Shannon Sharp he is done in Atlanta. <laughs> First of all, the, whole, oh my God. He, the way he said it just didn't even sound like he was on TV. He's just like, yeah, I'm done there. Like, Julio, you're on TV right now. Like, like give us some. <laughs> Act like you were a little not ready for this question. <laughs> Fumble a little bit. Hey, after, after thinking about it long and hard, this is a tough decision. <laughs> no, I'm done. I ain't going back there. Um. <laughs> so the 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 big and then and then the uh, the the coach of the of the Falcons was asked about it, and he came out and said, "Our plan hasn't changed," and didn't really say that Julio was going to be a part of the cha- team, which tells me that they're just waiting till June. Um. June first, um, they if if they cut him after June for or after, if they trade him before June first, he they owe a lot more money um, and a lot of more a lot more dead cap. But that number goes way down after June first, so I think that's when we'll see a Julio trade. But uh, we talked a little bit about some destinations for him. Does this change the market or anything for him moving forward? No, some people are talking about you know how this makes him look and. It doesn't matter. Um, he's going to give a, some team a great chance to win football games, and that's all they're going to care about. Yeah. They will make him feel wanted. They will wine and dine and everything all the same. So it, it's foul on Shannon Sharp. And if he did not know, I think that's that's the thing that even more than where Julio goes, I want to know what Julio knows. <laughs> I want to know if he knew that he was on there, if they had some type of conversation ahead of time. Because if not, I'm uh, – yeah, that's that's going to be a problem, and the, the legal ramifications make it even more interesting. But uh, but yeah, man, I still got them going. Um, uh, sorry, AJ Brown, I still got them going either Patriots or or um Forty uh, ers mm. That's that's my prediction. Yeah, I'm starting to come around on him. The Forty ers all about cost. I don't really want to give up a first round pick for a 32 year old wide receiver. Um, especially after after we just had to make a deal to move up to get Trey Lance. Trey so, Lance for Julio, straight up. Oh Jesus, God, please don't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then what was this whole off season for? <laughs> um, yeah, New England would be really. Whew, I'd be really happy for Cam. Um, if that yeah. happened. Um, well, that's it for this week's show. But you guys know. How we like to end it. It's with our parting words. Ian, give us your parting words that you're probably not prepared for. We're probably going to get something really generic. But go ahead. Uh, not at all. I want to, um, my parting words, I got to shout out uh, a guy who honestly had been on the show for a long time. A lot of people counted him out. Uh, but revived his basketball career, and, and I'm really proud to see it. Uh, I think he deserves a lot more credit than he has gotten. That guy is me. Um, listen, for everybody who does not know, I was I was a young phenom um, during high school years, and due to circumstances beyond my control, just wasn't able to really uh, fulfill all of my potential. But here lately, um, just been dusting things back off, uh, getting back into the gym with my trainer, um, God, and uh, <laughs> it's just been it's just been an amazing time. Um, I'm telling you this because if you get three-in-one content with me in the gym soon, uh, if I link up with Malcolm and if I make him 
pay for the fact that he just laughed. Even with these parting words, um, there will be some things to see. So stay stay tuned, listeners, because you, you, you should be viewers as well. There's some things that I believe are coming your way uh, where I'll be able to showcase all of this. So I just wanted to give you all a human moment and a shout out uh, to a young man who deserves it. And thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why we call him Mr. Pivot. Um, I thought he was going to talk about some NBA player that I had forgotten about. And he talked about himself. I kind of was. Wow. Wow. Thank you. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, I've seen Ian shoot. That's all I'm going to say. Um, my parting words go to one, Jermaine Cole. Um, put out a great album a couple weeks ago or a week ago. Uh, the off season, and then went and played in the what are we calling this? The Basketball Africa League. God, we couldn't come up with a better name than the Basketball Africa League. Jeez, um, and played for the Rwanda Patriots. Um, I was about to do a Rwanda joke, but insert Rwanda joke here. Um, what a name! <laughs> what a what a location for a team. <laughs> Um. Yeah, they uh, basketball Africa League twelve game initial uh, season. Uh, they actually get ready to do their little playoff run now. But Jermaine Cole has finished his um, ob- contractual obligation with them, uh, playing f- three of their preliminary games, scoring five points, three assists, and five rebounds in forty five minutes. Um, you know, it, it, I'm excited that he got this chance to play professional basketball. I don't know if he'll be playing at any other level, but shout out to him for putting out an album, um, training, getting up to be able to play with uh, professional players. Uh, I'm sure it was a dream come true. I'm sure he would have loved for it to have been in the NBA, but I know it's exciting for the uh, Basketball Africa League to have a high-profile name to get some more eyes on that league as the NBA is trying to develop that. So shout out to Jermaine Cole living out his basketball dreams. It's weird that this is coming after Ian talking about his basketball skills and his basketball dream, but it's poetry. It's it's something. And <laughs> shout out to Jermaine Cole. Um, not quite Master P. You know, Master P was in the NBA and played a little bit, um, but we all got to start somewhere. You know, so yeah. Shout they, out to Jermaine Cole, Cole, aka Mr. Celia Spot. Shut. <laughs> wow. Allegedly, what do what do you even say to that, kids? There's there's nothing else left to say. It's time to just pull up the music <laughs> and get out of here. <laughs> and shout out to Rwanda. Um, that's all I to say about yeah, that. Too. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so that's it for this week from Cleveland, Ohio. It's Mr. Pivot International, Ian Lamont Morgan. God, I wish we could get the White Cliff. Rwanda, Rwanda. Okay, White Cliff is not from Rwanda. He's from Haiti. (laughs) No, he did the song at the end of Hotel Rwanda. Is that really a thing? It's really a thing. Okay, I'm going to go look this up because that sounds nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. This is the worst outro ever, but it's cool. And from the capital city. It's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. They call him the Black Jesse Hall for Mighty Ducks because he's the only black kid in the room. Please follow us on social media at 3 in 1 Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This has been the 3 in 1 Podcast.
We'll see you all next time.